Universal screening is even more helpful. It's doubling the amount of students that are getting to that much needed mental health treatment. Also allowing those internalizing students, those students who are internalizing their symptoms and not necessarily showing mm -hmm. those symptoms um, to show up on our radar okay. as school staff. Hello, Montgomery County, and welcome to the OPL podcast with MCIU. My name is Brandon Langer, and I'm the Director of Innovation and Strategic Partnerships at the Montgomery County Intermediate Unit. And we are back with Pia from Project Aware uh, to dive in a little bit deeper and learn a little bit more about this work. What what are we? What's being produced? What are we bringing on behalf of kids in the areas of mental wellness and suicide prevention with this Project Aware work? So, Pia, I want to reintroduce yourself in case anyone missed our first conversation. Sure, thanks, Brandon. Pia Hausiel, and I am the Program Administrator for Project Aware. Um, and also the program manager here in Montgomery County uh, for Project Aware. So in case you missed it, we did have a previous conversation uh, really diving into what is Project Aware at large. I'd invite you to go back and find that in your feed if you if you missed that conversation. Today, we're really kind of take a look at Project Aware a little bit more deeper. And Pia, you mentioned in the last conversation, universal screenings. That's actually a word that gets thrown around in a couple different arenas of education, which is why it kind of why I wanted to follow up this conversation with, when you say universal screenings, what do you mean by that? What is that? And, and is there a specific one that we use to kind of move the work forward? Sure. And I think that's a really good question because I do think it gets used in a lot of different uh, capacities in education. We use a lot of acronyms and we use the, <laughs> the word screening a lot. Um, so when we talk about universal screening that we're using in Project Aware, it's specific to mental health and specifically the screener that we chose to use that we're rolling out through the BH Works platform when districts sort of come into the cohorts over the course of the next four years, um, we're using a screener that specifically looks at depression and anxiety for students. It's a brief screener. It's really quick. So it's very different from what sort of lengthier universal screeners or academic universal mm -hmm. screeners and things along those lines. And that platform that we're using through BH Works really helps to streamline everything for the district to be able to access, get their student data loaded to be able to disseminate information, but also to get parent consents and make sure everybody has an understanding of what we're rolling out and what that looks like. The system also is designed so that when the results of the universal screener come through, there's um, students who might show up in a high-risk category category, in a moderate risk category, or a low risk category, and that allows school personnel, often school-based practitioners, to be able to look at the responses in a streamlined way and determine where there might be some urgency for following up with students or just some monitoring that might need to happen as they head through the next couple of weeks and months. So that's one of the main goals of this project, right, is to build access for that tool, that instrument? Yeah, absolutely, is to build access to it and to really make sure that when it's being used that the understanding of sort of how to move from the screening to additional services, supports, interventions is there. And we do have built into the platform as well some targeted screeners. So if a, there was a concern with a student, the school-based practitioner could sort of hop right online, do that additional screener with the student in person and be able to track that data as well. And what we know to be true from recent studies is that Traditional identification is really helpful. Uh, a student's showing behaviors. We see those behaviors in the classroom. It sort of raises a little bit more of a concern. But universal screening is even more helpful. It's doubling the amount of students that are getting to that much-needed mental health treatment. Also allowing those internalizing students, those students who are internalizing their symptoms and not necessarily showing mm -hmm. those symptoms, um, to show up on our radar okay. as school staff. Yeah. So 
that's the first part, right? Is getting that data and, and whatever, and then you referenced, you know, using that to inform the next steps, mm-hmm. the next level of support. And I think that is the second goal, right? To increase opportunities for students to, to get support or, or gain access. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, absolutely. And so really help, helping schools to look at their risk assessment protocols, how students are accessing information and resources, how they're making referrals to outside en- agencies or entities if that's needed, or what their tiered systems for support for mental health looks like in the school and how students might be accessing those as well. And those two things really go hand in hand, right? Mm -hmm. We need a good instrument on the front end, and then we need to make good decisions with what that instrument's informing us in the next phase. Where have to, I am curious about this. I don't have to go too deep down this rabbit hole. Where have schools been in that? Do they just not have that opportunity? Do they not have that instrument historically? Does that make sense? Yeah. So for universal screening, they typically haven't been using. Um, it's sort of another uh, layer of, oh, are we adding to sort of a burden of what schools are already handling um, in this world? But I think it does go to what we're facing right now in the state and across the country is we're seeing an increase. We're also seeing a generation of students who are more vocal about what's going on with them and how to get help um, for either themselves or their peers. But I do also think that some of that initial screening has been there in informal ways. And so this sort of puts some structure behind it and allows schools to say, okay, here's what we're doing across our K-12 continuum Mm -hmm. instead of just in this small pocket in our elementary program or this small pocket in our high school program. That's awesome. Yeah. It really builds, you know, vertical articulation through through the whole system. That's great. And then, you know, this third goal, I think, and you kind of prefaced it with the next steps districts are going to take, but you guys want to develop and, and create a, an electronic system that connects, and you're going to say it better than I do, but my understanding is basically connects those that are doing the work in the district to external supports. Yeah, absolutely. You got it, Brandon. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm learning. Uh, so we're going to be using the Find Help platform to help us with that. Find Help already exists, um, but we'll specifically be creating our own part of Find Help that sort of is a little broader and focused on mental health and behavioral health providers. So that will sort of be who's on the platform. Okay. And then school-based practitioners and eventually students and families because of referrals, we'll be able to go in and access the platform and specifically to be able to access not just the information about this agency or that agency, but what age groups do they service, what um, kinds of insurance, but more importantly, what kind of openings do they have? So that referral, instead of having to call around, I'm a school social worker by experience, I'd sometimes call 10 or 12 different agencies to get that right that kid to the right place. So you can get on and sort of say, oh, they have openings currently for the student, for the issue that that student is facing. I can send this over to the family, sort of list these three referrals. The family can easily access it online and then go ahead and make that appointment, or I can help navigate making that appointment for the family. So really streamlining that process of how do we access services in Pennsylvania for youth. That's awesome. And, you know, before we hit record on this recording, I was asking you kind of about your background and where you came from. And I'm sorry for the departure on, on this question here, but, <laughs> you know, you speak so passionately about these goals, about the work you're, you're doing and your team is doing. My question for you is, um, what attracted you to come and, and lead you know, this group, this work, and, and why do you why do you do what you do? I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, so I think, so initially, and I shared this with you, um, I'm a school social worker by training. I've been in the field for over 20 years, actually started in Norristown, Pennsylvania, in an alternative school uh, many years ago, straight out of graduate school, and worked individually or in small groups with students for years uh, across the whole K-12 continuum, but realized that while I loved that individual work with students, that building systems that can reach sort of a higher number of mm-hmm. students 
experience with resources and systems that work for kids, specifically those who are facing mental health issues or in crisis, um, could be really valuable. And sort of I stepped into school administration, and it was a natural segue to step into this role, which really was looking at both the building systems piece, but also that mental health and social work background that I had um, was really valuable in bringing that to the table, too. Yeah. And, and like I said, it rings through when you're speaking. It rings through in the type of work you guys are, are doing. I just I thought that was worth sharing to everybody listening, knowing that you know, the work's being not only being done because just because we got a grant or just because right. um, you know we've seen X, Y, or Z happen in the field that is alarming with with students and, and mm-hmm. mental health crisis. You know, as as many portray it, and I think the it always feels good to know that the people leading the work are the ones that are really truly invested in this. So thank mm-hmm. you for what you do and thank you to your team for this. Cause I'm, I'm really excited to watch it grow and, and watch what you guys do come to fruition. Cause this is, this is something that just doesn't feel systemically exists mm-hmm. uh, in, in many cases. So thank you for that. Yeah. And we feel like a lot of um, those in the mental health uh, school-based practitioner world feel isolated in some ways. There's mm-hmm. one school social worker, there's maybe a couple school counselors, one school psych, but to be able to have some unifying, Oh, here's the resources. Here's the information. Here's how we can come together to help students feels really valuable. Awesome. Well, thank you again for walking us through that. I think we might do another uh, edition later on here when we, as as, um, things take shape, as the projects get launched, as your partners um, start to see outcomes. So I look forward to that. But in the meantime, um, for those that didn't hear the first conversation, you can find more information about Project Aware at mciu.org. And then just search Project Aware on the site. Uh, Click on that. You can find Pia's contact information and how to get in touch with her team and the various uh, phases of this work. So thank you again, Pia, for joining me for this conversation. Thank you. Yep. And want to remind everybody to please like and subscribe to us across our various channels. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, at MCIU, at Montgomery County Intermediate, or at MCIU Learns, MCIU OSS. We have a whole bunch of handles. Please follow us and, and give us a shout. Let us know what you think. And thank you once again. We'll see you next time on the OPL podcast.